I've seen the mighty fall in an hour. So we see here the power of God to literally shake a kingdom in a second's time and bring a mighty man down to learn his lesson. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. It doesn't matter who you are, how rich you are, or how much power you hold, pride will still take you down. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, Courageous Living, as we journey through the book of Daniel. The Bible promises, in no uncertain terms, pride comes before a fall. And there is hardly a greater example of this anywhere in the Bible than in the case of King Nebuchadnezzar. Not only did he temporarily lose his kingdom due to pride, but he also lost his mind. You won't want to miss today's message as we look at this king of the mightiest nation on earth and how pride brought him low. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, The Danger of Pride. He saw you and knew you and called you, and blessed you, and saw your end before your mama and daddy met. That's God. Isn't he a mighty God? Isn't he a holy God? Isn't he a powerful God? Amen. So only the real God can give you a prophetic book like the Bible. Now, he's described, Nebuchadnezzar is, as a fruitful, flourishing tree. And inasmuch as the king, here goes Daniel continuing, inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from the heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times or years pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High which has come upon my Lord, the King. Here's the interpretation. They will drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. He's talking to the king. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times or years will pass over you. Did you catch that? How many of you would like for me to tell you, I had a dream about you, and I saw you crawling around on all fours eating grass like a cow? How many of you would rebuke me? And say, no way, that's God. But here's the king of the greatest kingdom in all the earth. And he's just been told, you're going to be walking around on all fours. Your hair is going to grow like eagle feathers. You're going to have your own homegrown mohawk. Your fingernails are going to look like lion's claws. And you're going to be eating grass like a cow, O Nebuchadnezzar. Now, why such an extreme judgment? Here it comes again. Till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever He chooses. Wow! 
How many of you think we need to learn that tonight ourselves? How many of you can say the Most High rules in the kingdom of men? Right? He rules over all things. That's the message of Daniel. Now, the judgment will last as long as it takes for you to understand that God is God and you're not. There you go. How long is it going to last? Until you learn that God's God and you're not. And inasmuch, Daniel continues, inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. So the whole idea of the stump of the tree being left and encompassed or encased in bronze is God saying, I'm not going to totally do away with you. This is not permanent. I'm not going to utterly annihilate you like, say, for instance, I did Sodom and Gomorrah, which is no more, or the Edomites, which are no more. I'm going to bring you down low, Nebuchadnezzar, but I'm not going to do away with you. You are going to return once you've learned that God rules in the kingdom of men. So that's the message. You're going to lose everything, Nebuchadnezzar, including your mind, but not forever. The kingdom and your sanity will be restored to you. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Now, here's Daniel's advice after this heavy dream interpretation. Break off your sins, Nebuchadnezzar, by being righteous, and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. He's saying, O king, listen, I don't think this is going to be utterly stopped, but it could be put off. If you'll just start walking in righteousness and blessing the poor with mercy, you can prolong your prosperity before this comes down. Now, do you realize how much courage it took for Daniel to say this? Because don't forget, this is the dude, this is the king, that just one chapter before threw his three buddies into a burning, fiery oven. And he's telling this king, you're going to be on all fours, walking around with hair like bird's feathers, fingernails like lion's claws, and you're going to be eating grass like a cow. One chapter before, he wanted to roast alive his three friends. It took courage. Now, Daniel advises repentance and works of mercy for the poor and hopes his judgment may be postponed. Now we're coming to Act 3 of Chapter 4. It really is in Acts like a play. Now, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. Here comes the fulfillment at the end of the year, at the end of the 12 months, which is the end of the year in which this was spoken to him, the very year in which Daniel told him this, he was walking around the royal palace of Babylon. And look what the king spoke. The king spoke saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Can you pick out all the personal pronouns in there? You see them? I, my, my. It's all about me. This kingdom was built for me. It was for my glory. It was for my name. Can somebody tell me where God is in this, where the honor of God and the glory of God is in this statement? It's not there. He's not giving God the glory for what he has. Now, church, I can take you right to Romans 1 that I think is one of the most profound chapters ever written in any book in any time. And in Romans 1, we see Paul tracking a society's decline into depravity. And it happens in stages. And the beginning of the stage is when this society, and I believe he was talking about the Rome of his day, when this society 
decides that though they know God, they will not give glory to God. And they won't honor His name. And they don't even want Him in their thoughts. And they exchange the glory of God for false gods. Nebuchadnezzar is doing the same thing here. He is making himself God. And he's saying, you know what? This whole kingdom came about because of me, because of my high IQ, my genius, my charisma, my talent, my ability, my incredible kingness. It's all here because of me. Without me, none of this would be here. When in fact, without God, none of it would have been there. See, what you and I have, Paul said in the New Testament, Paul said, what do you have that you did not receive? Where is the room for pride when you face the fact that everything you have that's good, you received it? How can I go bragging about something that I didn't do? You know, if you've got an ability to sing, you didn't come up with that. God gave that to you. If you've got a good mind, you can do mechanics, you're a CPA or you're good with numbers or whatever, did you come up with that? God gave that to you. What do you have that you didn't receive? And the whole gist of that question is, where is the room for pride when you're honest about what you have and where you got it? Everything we have, we've received. Amen? From who? From God. He gave you your gift. He gave you your abilities. He gave you the the ability to get out of bed this morning and go function and work. He holds your life, your next breath in the palm of His hands. You have life tonight because God let you have life tonight. That's the truth. That's what the Bible says. Go to now, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to go into such and such a city and buy and sell and get gain. When you don't know what tomorrow brings, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. That's straight out of James. You see what I'm saying? So everything we have today that we have reached five till eight tonight, God let us be here. And when you get up tomorrow, God's going to give you that breath. And you know why he's giving it to you? So you can do his will and glorify him in your life before you go home. That's why. So here's Nebuchadnezzar. He doesn't get it. It's not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power. Ooh. And for the honor of my majesty. Now look who was listening. Because these are the last words he will speak for a very long time. Whoa. Watch. While the word was still in the king's mouth, before he could get out the last syllable. A voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. Everybody say, let's praise God for a minute. Because every word you speak, God is listening. Do you catch that? Every word you speak, God's listening. And as soon as the last syllable of this arrogant statement out of this king's mouth fell, God said, that's it. Your kingdom has departed from you. You're done, dude. You're done. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They will make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times or a year shall pass over you until, here it comes again, you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And that very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar, 
He was driven from men, and he ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Do you get it now? Church, what I want you to see is the power of God, that God can listen to something you say. Now, I don't want to make you so paranoid you don't talk. But I want you to notice, he'd already received a prophetic word. The whole issue with him in chapter 2 and chapter 3 and chapter 4 is he didn't know the real God and he wouldn't give glory to the real God. And twice before this chapter, he says, I know that Daniel's God is the real God, but he kept walking away from that knowledge. And here in chapter 4, he didn't give God the glory for anything, but he brags and says, it's all because of me. And right then, God took the kingdom from him. I've seen churches fall in an hour. I've seen the mighty fall in an hour. And I've seen a nobody become a somebody in an hour. It's flipped. It can go either way. God puts one down, he raises up another. Just as fast as he can put one down, he'll raise up another. So we see here the the power of God to literally shake a kingdom in a second's time and bring a mighty man down to learn his lesson. Now, what happened in Nebuchadnezzar? I did a little research on this and has been called by psychologists. It really has a name, and it's lycanthropy. It's a form of madness involving the delusion of being an animal. Now, I don't know about you. When I was a kid, I was all into Dracula, Frankenstein, the creature from the Black Lagoon, werewolf, wolfman. I was into all of them. I had little models of them. I put them together and painted them. I was all into that. And you remember the wolf man? He was always afraid. He was always dreading the full moon. And he would say, lock me in a room and don't let me out. If you hear screaming, don't let me out. When the full moon comes out because I'm going to become an animal. Some of us need to say that every once in a while. Lock me up and don't let me out until I've gotten over this. Right? (laughs) How many of you can say it would have saved me some grief if somebody had locked me in a room for a while? All right. Now. And, you know, the full moon would come up and you would go through the camera work and the tech work would show this man becoming an animal. But there really is a type of mental illness where a human believes that they're an animal and they act like an animal. And psychologists, for whatever it's worth, have called it lycanthropy. Now, in one hour, Nebuchadnezzar went from the king of the greatest kingdom on earth to a madman whose hair grew out like eagle's feathers, his fingernails grew out like lion's claws, He walked on all fours. Can you picture a king going around on all fours for seven years? Come on, church. Let's use our sanctified imagination here a little bit. That's freaky. I mean, wow. Would that shock you if you were a a member of his kingdom? And you say, hey, where's the king? Oh, he's out in the pasture. Well, what's he doing? Well, don't look. It's bad. And then you go look anyway. And he's going around on all fours eating grass like a cow. I'd never go back. I'd never look again. (laughs) This is what happened to him. God is able to humble the proud. Two things I want to pull out from this. First, notice how God heard the words of the king. Nobody was around. Doesn't say anybody was. But God heard it as if God was standing right next to him. You know why? Because God was standing right next to him. God heard the words of the king. Applied to us, God hears our words. Now, thank God it's not this heavy. 
We have a lot of people walking around on all fours in church. If God brought down the proud this way. So God heard his words. And so it just helps us to remember that God hears our words. And we can edify the Holy Spirit within us or we can grieve the Holy Spirit within us by what we say. That's why Paul said in Ephesians repeatedly, he told the church, listen, let your words edify one another. Build one another up. Brag on one another, not to puff up pride, but encourage one another. You know, you've got a gift. You're really good at what you do. I encourage you to get into the work of God. I see God's hand on your life. Encouraging things. We should never leave church without being encouraged. Amen? So God heard his words. Second, a divine response to his prideful words fell immediately. That very hour, it says, Daniel's prediction was fulfilled. Once again, we see that God rules over nations and kings. He puts one up and brings down another. Immediately, God's judgment fell. Now, Scripture indicates that Nebuchadnezzar was in this condition for seven years. Wow, ouch. Seven years. Do you know what his hair must have looked like after seven years? <laughs> I've seen pictures of women who decided to never clip their nails, and they're way out here and curled under. He had to have looked that way because they said it was like a lion's claws, and that's what they look like. He, when he came out of there after seven years, we're talking spooky. <laughs> Somehow the kingdom of Babylon sustained itself. I don't know how it did. But it did. And you know what gets me? Nobody tried to take his office. I think they were all going, that's what God does to kings? God bless you. So, but nobody tried to take his office. Here's the king out there on all fours in the pasture day and night for seven years, and nobody tried to take his office. It's the way of men in a time like this, to try to take the office. But it didn't happen here. Now we come to the final act. And at the end of time, here's that Nebuchadnezzar talking, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. What a great day that was. And my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, the watcher who had judged him, and praised and honored him who lives forever. You know, here's this scary-looking guy on all fours, and I don't know how, but suddenly, as fast as his reason had left him, his reason returned, and he looked up. He looked up to God. I read that, and I almost wept, because this man's been through hell and back. Now, look, next we read what Nebuchadnezzar has learned. Here's the lesson of the trial. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Has he learned what God wanted him to learn? Amen. Yeah, it goes on. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, nobody can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? This is coming out of personal testimony. This is a biographical statement. I was the king, but I was as nothing to him. He took me down he humbled me. He taught me. He knocked that pride out of me. And I cannot look up to him and say, what have you done? Do you let me walk around like that for seven years? What have you done? He said, you can't. 
Because God does what he wants to do. At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. Everybody's coming back into his life. <laughs> Which tells me they weren't anywhere around when he was like this in the seven-year period. Because <laughs> they're all coming back now, right? I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways, justice, and those who walk in pride. Read it with me. He's able to put down. It's best to humble yourself so that God doesn't have to do it. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord, and he will exalt you in due time. When I read this about his reason returning to him, it's precisely what happened to the prodigal son. The prodigal son, it's intimated in Scripture that when he left the father's house and went into the far country and began to live a wild, crazy, depraved lifestyle and spent all of his inheritance, the suggestion of the Bible is that he lost his mind. You know, when we go into sin, it is a type of insanity because it never pays. You're giving away everything for nothing. And the prodigal got out there and lost it all. And as long as he had the money, he had all kinds of friends. But as soon as his money was gone, nobody was there to help him. And then what happened to him? He ends up in a pigsty, eating pig slop, working for a pig farmer as a Jewish boy. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, he came to himself. Same thing. He looked up. He came to himself. His sanity returned to him. Walking with God, folks, is sanity. Love, power, and a sound mind is what the Spirit of God gives us. Walking away from God is a type of insanity because you're giving up everything for nothing. You're giving your whole inheritance away for what? Pig slop. Nebuchadnezzar's reason came back to him as the prodigal son's. Wow, what a sobering account of the danger of pride. You know, I've often said that the easiest way to disarm pride in your own life is to just be honest about yourself, your own failings, your own shortcomings, and your own flaws. The great apostle Paul knew full well that he was a flawed and sinful man, and he summed up his life and accomplishments with this simple phrase, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that, dear friends, is the truth. Now, don't touch that dial just yet because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, that you're going to want to take advantage of. Until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now, here's our announcement. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross you will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Danger of Pride is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.